0: Blob Talk Radio. Music.
1: Right. good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted O'Dorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy.
0: Good morning. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm doing fine. How are things up in Buffalo?
0: Uh, we got a winter storm warning here.
1: Uh-oh. So, that doesn't sound good.
0: A little chilly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, ten
1: to twenty inches, they say. Wow, wow, yeah, that's not, that's not good. Well, we'll get a little bit more of the weather update as we go along, but uh, stay warm, Cindy. Uh, let me just remind everybody: of course, we are live. We've got a great show for you this morning. Uh, we are live every uh, Tuesday morning, unless otherwise stated, uh, here in the BlogTalkRadio.com network, and you can find us from nine to ten a.m. Eastern. Uh, Best way to go uh, uh, to get in contact with the show is to go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just type women of golf up in the search key and that will take you there to the main page uh, during our live broadcast. And for some reason, if you can't join us live, not to worry, just scroll down that page uh, to the on demand section and all of the shows, of course, are auto recorded. Uh, So if you can't join us during the live uh, segment, uh, you can scroll down there to the on demand section and check out the shows that you may have missed. Uh, in their entirety there in that section. Uh, Some other great ways to tune into the show as well, uh, go to iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and TalkStreamLive.com. And again, just type in Women of Golf, and that will take you uh, to the respective page there, and you can listen when it's convenient for you. Some other great ways to reach out to the program, uh, you can call in during the live broadcast on Tuesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. The number to call is area code 347-945-5855. Uh, you can certainly contact Cindy or I personally if you're uh, maybe got some comments about the show or maybe you've got some questions for either of us. Uh, you can do so. Cindy's email is cindy at and mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And just uh, for those of you, some of you maybe tuning into the show may already know this, but uh, we just launched uh, here just a few days ago our uh, Women of Golf Facebook page. And I see a bunch of you have already gone out there and liked the page already. So uh, go to facebook.com forward slash women of golf. And that's our Facebook page. And we hope that you'll visit and uh, we're going to be uh, keeping updated with uh, upcoming guests and things like that. Uh, and uh, lots of other great things about the show as well. So visit the page, uh, let us know what you think and make sure that you throw a like our way uh, when you're there. And if you've got any questions or comments, You're welcome to post them up there on the Facebook page as well. So, again, facebook.com forward slash women of golf. We hope you take time to visit today. Um, we got a great guest this morning, going to start things off. And then Cindy and I, uh, we took a little break, obviously, for Thanksgiving. And the week before that, we were going to get into... Uh, Some golf tips discussion, but we didn't uh, have time to do that. So we'll try to do a little bit of that um, here after uh, the first segment, which of course we're going to have our special guest, uh, Brennan Sweeney. Uh, He's the director of golf media relations and player development at French Lick Resort. He's uh, joining us here Uh, in just a moment. Let me tell you a little bit about him and then Cindy will bring him on the show. Uh, Brennan has been around golf since the age of 11, where he started uh, as a caddy at Medina country club, just outside of Chicago. He also had the pleasure of caddying through high school and college uh, the pinnacle of that experience was caddying in the 1983 Western Open. Uh, Medina also gave the opportunity to work at the 90, or 1988 Senior U.S. Open and the 1990 U.S. Open. And in the early 90s, uh, he worked in the film and television industry in Chicago. In '96, he re- relocated, excuse me, to Orlando, Florida, where he worked at the uh, Universal Studios, handling video production, sales, and marketing. Where he developed several business relationships with the Golf Channel, PJ of America, the PJ Tour. LPJ and USGA. So, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Brennan Sweeney.
2: Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Very well. Can you hear me all we're right? We're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. Just perfect. We're we're doing great. Welcome back, Brennan. We're glad to have you come back on the show again this morning. Well, thank you very much. It's a uh, it's a it's a cold blissful
2: day in Orlando, Florida, with the temperatures. <laughs> it to fifty-five degrees.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's. We're going to rub it into Cindy. I'm in uh, Northwest Florida. It's a little bit cooler here, but uh, it's a little bit better off than where Cindy is up in Buffalo right now. She's getting ready to batten down the hatches, if you will, for a, a winter blast. So uh, keep your fingers crossed and and her and your thoughts and prayers that everything goes well. I know Buffalo's used to it. Um, Cindy, I'm going to start things off, Brendan, uh, with you just a little bit. Uh, we'll sort of catch up a little bit with. Uh, Uh, what's happening at French Lick and uh, one of the things that caught my eye is you guys had some great tournaments uh, throughout the 2018 season uh, starting off in July with the second annual Donald Ross Classic. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that and then we'll move on to some of the other ones. You can tell us a little bit about those tournaments, how they came about and uh, what some interesting things that happened at the tournament. Well uh,
2: we had a a really great season. Uh, We have a great staff with Dave Harner and Andy Fortner and Rob Koontz and the whole professional staff up at French Lick. Uh, we uh, had a, at our Donald Ross golf course, which we celebrated our 100-year anniversary last year, uh, we hosted the uh, the Symmetra Tour Donald Ross Classic. Uh, had a great field of up-and-coming ladies, and, and uh, it was very successful, followed by that with the, uh, the second edition of the Senior LPGA Championship, uh, which was on Golf Channel for three days in October. Had uh, Dame Laura Davies win her senior slam after winning the uh, – uh, Senior Women's U.S. Open in Chicago, at Chicago Golf Club in Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, everything's going great. Uh, we're looking forward to next year, and, and we're booking business already. And, and I tell you what, uh, the real winner of, of this season and, and the seasons prior are the kids at the Riley's Hospital for Children, where where we've uh, mm-hmm. where we've made our dedicated uh, charity. And I know Cindy has, has seen the kids grow up over the years, uh, and, and it really is special. It's our, it was our sixth. Uh, championship we had four prior to that with the the legends tour and riley was always our our sponsor so I start seeing these children you know who were you know 10 years old now they're 16 thank god and they grow up and and we can see really the the power of golf and how it's helped out kids so that's our main focus you know we, we have a great facility we have a great golf course we have great people but the greatness behind it all is the results that that we can supply towards the people that really need it, and that's through the, the children of, of Riley's Hospital for Children.
1: Yeah, what a great, what a great cause! Uh, fantastic. Um, you know, you guys have had some some very interesting tournaments. You mentioned the Legends Tour, of course, uh, and also back I believe in 2015, you hosted. Uh, was it a, a senior PGA event or was it a PGA event that uh, I believe it was Colin Montgomery that won that?
2: Yeah, that was uh, that was the Senior PGA Championship presented by KitchenAid. Colin Montgomery won it. It was it was actually, you know, w- when we talk about French Lick, you talk about the community and you talk about the spirit behind the community. Back in 1996, the Cook Group out of Bloomington, Indiana, uh, decided to make an effort to to, re- to put some life down in southern Indiana, and uh, French Lick was a perfect place for it. So uh, they've dedicated over $600 million to the renovation of, of, of the resort, Uh, And one of the tools that we have behind that is the tool of golf. So in in 2009, we opened up the Pete Dye golf course. And uh, in 2010, we hosted a professional club, uh, the National Club Pro Championship with the PGA of America. And that was sort of our coming out party. Uh, And since then, we've hosted the USGA events, we had six Big Ten championships. And in 2015, we were given our, our, our fourth major. At the, at the resort, we had the 24 PGA Championship with Walter Hagen won it, uh, 5960 LPGA Championships, and then uh, if you look at the, the Club Pro Championship, that's a that's a major in the Club Pro eyes, and then the Senior LPGA. So that was our fifth. Um, yeah, it's great. It's it's a great place. Uh, it's centrally located, you know, three hours from just about anywhere in the Midwest. And uh, yeah, golf is a great tool to, uh, to do it. And we have two beautiful hotels and a nice little casino to anchor everything
1: down. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, location. I was on uh, just recently looking at uh, some of the video that you have on your website about some up-and-coming things. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, Cindy, I know you've been to French Lick uh, a number of times, and you've had some great experiences there, uh, obviously enjoying uh, as a, an LPGA member. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience and what you really like about French Lick.
0: I love the fact that it's a hidden gem in the middle of basically nowhere and you pull up to the West Baden Hotel and you go, well, where did this come from? And then you walk in and you look up and it's a huge coliseum and you cannot believe how beautiful it is. You feel like you're in Rome and it's just, the whole place is just beautiful. The French Lit Casino Hotel is a gorgeous one as well but I think what makes it really amazing is the people. I I cannot compliment all you guys, Dave, you know, Joe, Bezo- I don't know how to say his last name, Vazozo. And, Bezozo, and he's, you're from, you're
2: from <laughs> Buffalo. You're, you can speak Italian. <laughs>
0: I can speak Italian. <laughs> I'm very good at it, by the way. I, I'm good at the swear words, <laughs> but, um, But I I just got to tell you, you know, it's just Mr. Ferguson, Connie Ferguson, Joe, Dave, you, you know, Andy, everybody's so professional and so nice. It's Midwestern charm. Nobody thinks they're cool. They bend over backwards. I I just I can't say enough about it. Other than the golf course, and to be honest with you, the funny thing is, is I got in this year. I was first alternate, and I got in, but they're all week and never got in. Um, But I finally I played two of the three days. The weather was terrible, and I played better when it was terrible. So I probably should go try hitting balls today in this winter storm. But. I just, I the golf course kicks my butt every year. I must say that I did, I did uh, bring number seventeen or sixteen to its knees this year, and I think Alan and I might have been on the golf channel with his pretty little hat that he bought because it was so cold out. But anyway, all I could say is it's beautiful. That's why I wanted Brendan to come back on. We did do a golf school before the tournament started, and everybody had a great time. We were down at the Valley Links, which. No one even talks about the Valley Links, but what a great little gem that is with the practice yeah, facility think. and chipping and pitching, and, and we're going to do a golf school next year before the tournament. When is the tournament, by the way?
2: It's, it's, it's going to be the same time. Uh, the, uh, the, the Symmetra Tour event, the Donald Ross Classic, will be in the third week of July, and then the, uh, the Senior LPGA Championship will be October 9th through the 16th. So uh, we have Perfect. two Pro-Am.
0: I love it. Make it snow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's cool. You mentioned the Valley Links Golf Course. Um, but you look at the at the history of French Lick, and it, it was originally built in 1845. It was a trading post. And then in the Civil War, uh, the hotel became a uh, uh, a military hospital, and then it kept on expanding. And then the French Lick Hotel uh, back in oh, 1898, 1899 caught on fire, burnt down. And was rebuilt in 1901. And at the same time, about I don't know half mile away, where you mentioned the West Baden Springs Hotel, uh, there was another building that was going up, and that was the West Baden Hotel. Uh, it was built in 277 days, and from 1901 to 1969 or 1963, it was the world's largest freestanding dome until they built the Astrodome. So there's a full acre on the inside of this of this uh, atrium. And all the rooms, you know, half the rooms face in, half the rooms face out, but it really is a cool, special place, especially now during the uh, the holiday season. You know, we have a 75 foot tree <laughs> that goes up, and there's people in and out of it all day long, and it, it it really is. It's sort of like a, you know, it's a Wonderful Life type place, or you could place it in the middle of a Hallmark movie right now, which which is on nonstop in my house, <laughs> going on in this season. So it's all good. It's all good, and we're, we're we're looking forward to next. <laughs> And everything else, so. Now, what do, you, do, do you
0: have packages that people can, um, like, do a weekend package and stay in the hotel and play golf, and do they play both courses? What's the scoop if somebody wants to go there?
2: Oh, cool. Um, Well, yeah, to answer your question, we have, you know, we started off doing, uh, at one point, Cindy, we probably had, I don't know, nine or ten different packages and it's like, Hey, you want the Hall of Fame package, you want this package, that spa package or whatever and we sort of simplified it for stay and play. Um basically if you want to come down and play golf, uh, play the Ross, play the die, stay for a night, you can get in for, you know, five hundred bucks around there, five, six hundred dollars ahead. It's a great little getaway. I mean if you if you do a la carte, you know, the, the die course is three fifty. The uh the, the hotel rooms are about 175 bucks, and the, the, uh, the Ross goes for about a buck and a quarter. So the package is, is the way to go. And if you're going to make the destination, you might as well stay a couple of days, explore the area. We have, uh, obviously, the die you know, the, the course, which is our gem. Uh, the, the Ross course is, is absolutely fabulous. You know, it was the host site of the 1924 PG, PGA Championship, but we totally gutted it back in 2005. So it's back to its original plans and specs. It's a wonderful golf course. And then you mentioned the Valley Links, which is the 1901 Tom Bendalo Golf Course, uh, which we knocked out the front nine and put the the parking garage, the event center, and the casino on. So we now have a 3,600-yard executive course with a dual range and four chipping greens that you had your your seminars on, uh, which is a great little just go out, have some fun, kick it around a little bit, and uh, if you're, a, if you're a parent with a kid, you know, kids play free with a paying adult. And if the kids don't want to play golf, we introduced foot golf a few years back. Uh, and now we're charging like $20 to play foot golf. And also, we look at the revenue from the, from the golf compared to foot golf, and uh, it, it's, it's getting up there pretty quick. So uh, it's a win-win for the family. And we have bicycles, horseback riding. Uh, uh, if you're an avid mountain biker, we have some great trails out there. And uh, we introduced last year a little shooting range so uh, for sporting clays. So uh, if you got a group of people, give us a heads up. We can set it up for you. And It really is a cool destination. We're about three hours from, from everywhere. I mean, from Nashville, Tennessee, from Indianapolis, St. Louis, Cincinnati, we're five hours from Chicago. Uh, from the north end of Atlanta, we're six hours. You know, Charleston, West Virginia, is five hours away. So, yeah, uh, we're just about a tank full from, uh, from happiness. <laughs> wow! I like that.
1: Fantastic. Um, that, was,
2: that was a good sound. You know, I never. I just my, my first radio interview. I have no idea what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you're doing fantastic, Brendan. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you about. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about some of the tournaments. And that. obviously, there's a lot of work and in, in preparation for these events. What goes in, just for those that maybe aren't familiar with what kind of goes on behind the scenes in preparation for some of these big events, like the, the Senior LPGA Championship as an example, what goes into preparation for these events, and how long does it normally take prior to the event for everything to sort of get in place? Uh, if, you,
2: if you look at the, at the area, Tom, um, the valley, as we call it, which is the town of West Baden and uh, French Lick, uh, we have 2,500 people that live in the valley, give or take. Uh, when we started the renovation of the hotel, we had 373 employees at the, at the resort. Now we we employ close to 1,700 people. So you take that number, wow, and then you look at, you look at each one of these events. And the number one thing that we try to do is make our guests and the players feel like they're at home. And we can't do that without the volunteers. So you look at you know Larry Kidwell is our is our volunteer coordinator, and he's been doing it forever uh he's got a, a strong relationship with the people in the community and if he says hey we need some help he, we got it so we have close to 300 volunteers per championship that we're doing and you add that up over the years and there's you know thousands of people that have donated their time and efforts to, to make it going so uh with the volunteers being number one then number two you know from a tournament point of view your course setup we have probably two of the best setup guys out there with russ apple and Brent Fleck are our, our, our superintendents at the golf courses. And, and if you look at, at the Pete Dye course or the Donald Ross course, they're in awesome shape all the time. So now you have, to, you have, a, you have the volunteers, you have a quality track, um, and then you have, to, you have to start generating some money to make this thing all work. And we do that through, uh, through pro-ams. Uh, we have a, a great pro-am for the, for the smetch Tour event. And then uh, I have a little media shootout that you should come out to uh, in July uh, the Sweeney Cup, so I got about 30 guys come out and play in the pro am, and we have a little side competition going on. And, and then uh, the, the proams that we have for the Senior LPGA Championship, which are uh, uh, Friday and Saturday prior to the Monday, Tuesday, cha- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Championship, uh, we'll have, gosh, we'll have close to 300 players playing in, in the uh, in the event, and that generates a lot of money for the charity. It offsets a lot of costs, uh, and we have a great silent auction. So it's a year-round event. Uh, we just got back from going to the tournament directors' meetings down in Naples at the CME Championship at the LPGA. And you look at companies like IMG, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Octagon, mm-hmm. uh, Langelier. I mean, Bruno. They, they that is their job. They put on championships. They go in. It's a turnkey solution. When we worked with PGA of America, they had a setup team that came in two uh, two years in advance. And we've been doing this. We've been doing all the heavy lifting on our own, so we've, we definitely have some experience, you know, under the eyes of, of uh, Joe Zozo and Dave Harner of, of really putting on a great event. And it, it takes a lot of effort, and it takes not only are you focusing on the tournament, right? We have to focus on you know, 45 holes of golf. We have to focus on, you know, 682 rooms. We have to focus on events coming in and out. So we have our day-to-day operations that we're doing as well as putting on these championships. So, uh, yeah, we we try to keep the expenses down low and the experience very high.
1: Well, you guys have done a a a, fantastic job because I know that, uh, you know, Cindy has bragged about French Lick for the last several years, um, just about how wonderful of an organization it is and a facility that it is and, and how well run the tournaments are. So, obviously, you guys have done a fantastic job. Uh, and, and kudos to, to everyone in the staff and all of the volunteers. Um, and, and i got to tell you, Cindy's, Cindy's talked about those golf courses, and, and they sound pretty tough. And I've I got to be honest, I'm a little scared. I don't know if I could come up there and handle some of those hills, especially on the Pete Dye course. So I'll have to uh, uh, practice up my scared. game a little bit. Yeah.
2: the great thing about the Pete Dye golf course is, Tom, if, if The way that Pete and Alice Dye designed the golf course, you know, um, and Cindy, you can attest to this, you know, we always tend to brag about it. It's one of it, it's one of the longest golf courses in America, if not the world, stretching back to 8102 from the tips. So you're looking at, you know, you said you took the 16th hole down to his knees, but from the back of that, it's 301 <laughs> from the back tee box. <laughs> I can't <laughs> so, reach
0: it from there. Alan turns around I, and he goes... He goes, turn around and look back there. How'd you like to hit it from there? I go, there's no way. Yeah, I seven really, hours, seven I, hours. I got to tell you, I'm going to try to talk my kid into coming to caddy for me next year. I got to let him play this golf course because he just won the New York State men's mid-am and he's about a plus four. And this place is going to beat him up.
2: <laughs> well, that's, but it, it really is. If, if you look at the way they designed the golf course, and if if you look at the senior ladies playing, um, and if, if you're hitting a drive, you know 220, 215, you know up the, you know I think Laura Davies is smacking about 270, but that's that's not, not really par for the course. But if if you're looking at from the forward tee boxes, we could play it at 5,300 yards. Uh, the the, uh, the senior LP, or the senior PGA guys, they played at right around 65 ish. Give or take, uh, we had the USGA Men's State Team Championships. They played it probably around 69. The uh, the club pro guys probably played at around 69. Uh, and the, the Craig Bowden, who has the course record at one under from 8102, is a is a PGA Tour professional. So, uh, and he's a short hitter. So, yeah, it, 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 the, the course is built for placement of your shot and visually, from from where you're looking. Uh, you just have to take that out of consideration and pick your pick your pick your spot, and uh, it, it really is. If, if you hit it straight, you hit it good. You're doing fine, and, and the course is right in front of you. But it visually, from those different angles out there, Pete really designed a, a really spectacular track.
0: Definitely, Brennan. Let me. Just, butt yeah, Brennan.
1: Let me just. Sorry. Go ahead, Cindy.
0: Nothing. I was saying. I was giving a little lippy remark. If you play with clenched butt cheeks at this point. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, so, and then, so, you know, basically, it, during the winter,
1: yeah, your butt cheeks were kind of clenched.
2: <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, Brennan, just just to follow up, and I guess you, you pretty much answered this, but um, obviously the course is not really, um, you know, we see out in the PGA Tour, particularly, you know, some of these long hitters out there. A long hitter is not necessarily going to have a big advantage playing, especially on the Pete Dye course. Is that, is, do I understand you correctly?
2: Well, well, from 81-02, yeah, you, you're going to have to need some length. But I tell you what, it's, it's, it's this golf course, Tom, is, is located on the second-highest point in the state of Indiana. So you're, It doesn't sound like a lot, but you're 980 feet, 982 feet above sea level, and you're about 450 feet above the town. So when you get winds blowing in, you know, Pete says, hey, these, you know, these winds start in Kansas, and this is the first place they hit. And, and, you know, that Monday, Tuesday of the event that we had of the senior LPGA edition this year, you know, overnight, you know, the hurricane hit down below, down south in in Florida, and this front came through, and it created like a vortex. And the temperature dropped, and the wind picked up, and it was probably blowing 25, 30 miles an hour for two days straight. And uh, you add wow. that on top of a very uh, strategic golf course, and you're, you know, well take it, take advantage, you know, the, or take, take, the the 16th hole as you mentioned is a par three. It was probably playing about a buck 25 water on the right, but you're looking into about a 25 mile wind dead in your face with no trees or nothing around you. So you're, you're you know, it, it peels your skin back when you're up on top of these of <laughs> these plateaus. So yeah, if you want to be a, 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 a a long ball hitter, it, you, and it catches a, a wind gust. That thing can go any direction, any time. And if you, it basically your know, ball spinning. You know, it, it, look at the first hole. If you hit that thing a little bit right, it just it could wind up in the third fairway. Or you hit a little bit left, it could wind up in the water. So, uh, it really is on a nice calm day, you could really get some good scores out there. Um, I think uh, Sherry Steinhauser has a record in competitive rounds for ladies. I think she saw a 63. It's not about right. Wow. They're in the championship. And uh, I think one what of the is? Donna Amakapani. Yeah, she had a 65. She had a 65. And then okay. uh, had a, uh she had a 66. So, yeah, there's some solid shooting out there. And I tell you what, the ladies played great this year. Um, we're trying to get a few more events leading up to the uh, Senior LPGA Championship. So, we're you know, hopefully uh, – uh, some of the ladies could get some more playing time and competitive rounds. Uh, that was brought up in a couple of meetings. And we're trying to figure out a way to, to make senior women's golf uh, more the mainstream and, and trying to get the ladies from the LPGA somewhere else to play after their 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 younger years have passed up.
0: So let me ask you that question. What do you believe? So I was went to the meeting at French Lick. We had a players' meeting. And my big beef was we need to figure out what our value is and what we offer people. Because to be honest with you, most people, young people, have no idea who Nancy Lopez is or Laura Davies, and they may not care. I believe we need to give value to our fans, customers, the local people, and until we figure out what that value is, we will not sell any more events. Tell me your thoughts on that.
2: Well, I, I well now with two majors, you have a Senior Women's U.S. Open that's going to be in July, and now and now you have the Senior LPGA Championship, which is in October. Um, your you guys were the you ladies were the trailblazers of of ladies professional golf, and if you look at where the LPGA is now, it couldn't be there now without the efforts that you guys, without the groundwork that you guys laid there. The LPGA, I feel, in my opinion, owes it to you guys to make this thing more successful. So, my idea would be, would be great, maybe have a, a two two championships prior or two tournaments prior to the Senior Women's U.S. Open, and two prior to the Senior LPGA Championship. Now we could go back to where. You know, the tournaments were before Springfield, uh, you know Rochester, or, you know, name it. Name one of the many places that you guys played that that golf was there prior, that the ladies' golf was there prior, which is not there now. Uh, the Symmetra Tour, maybe hook up with them and, and do tag along on a couple tournaments and, and try to have uh, uh, a, a senior event that's tied in with the Symmetra Tour. But I think the bottom line is we need to get sponsorship money. Um, you know, we we spend a lot of money on the senior LPGA championship and, and we do it out of the benefit for the Riley's kids. You know, we do not make this French Lake resort does not make a dime on, by hosting the senior LPGA championship to be quite honest with you. We're losing money on it. Um, I believe it. But Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we made a commitment. and We're going to stick to our word and we're going to do what we're going to do. And, and, uh, and we're going to make this thing successful. I mean, I was talking to my wife the other day, and we're going over, you know, goals for next year. And I, I looked at her and I gave her a wink. I said, I think I just became an advocate for senior women's golf. And she goes, yes, you did. So my my goal is to make this tour, to make it a tour. You know, to, you know great, we have a standoff event, but what do we need to do to make our championship and the, the Senior Women's U.S. Open more successful? I mean, we have two broad. We have two. We have Fox as a broadcaster for for the Senior Women's U.S. Open, and we have the Golf Channel for the for the Senior LPGA Championship. Now, are they going to dedicate themselves to broadcast a a a play in a couple different play in events? You know, I, my guess is probably not because it takes time and money. But can we do something like they did at the at the, the match last week? Can we do a, an internet broadcast of of a of a you know a regional – Championship. Let's say you know we have we can have the the Florida Citrus Sports Championship at X Y Z Golf Club in in Orlando, Florida, as one of the playing events. Make, make it a qualifier for either one of the two championships. Does it have to be on network TV? No. But could we do it on the internet for a, a, a tenth of the cost and maybe get as much yeah. eyeballs? If we look at the at yeah. the numbers that generate that are generated from from the uh, Senior LPGA Championship, I think we average around sixty thousand. Eyeballs a day, which is awesome. There's 60,000 people turning in, tuning on to the Golf Channel to watch uh, senior, you know, the Senior LPGA Championship. Now, who's to say that you know there's 27,000 you know PGA members that have x amount of golf courses that in their pro shop, this thing's on all the time. But there are certain unique people who are your fans, Cindy, that that want to see you play that can remember. It's sort of like you know, uh, Field of dreams. You know, build it and will come. And you, we can see over the years the amount of people that have, have made the pilgrimage the French look to watch you ladies play. And now we look at we, we went from a, a weekend event to a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday event just to keep the cost down and have no competition on the golf channel. So if you look at those different scenarios, what do not only we need to do to make ourselves better, but what do the LPGA Legends players need to make themselves more successful? And something that you could take back to the table and say, hey, let's all get on the same page. Let's put our heads together. Let's go back to some of our old sponsors. Let's try to make this tour work. And hopefully, you know, when our contract's up in, a couple, in three more years, we can say, yeah, we're, we're committed. Let's keep on doing this. Or if there's somebody else who wants to take over the, the you know, the torch, you know, feel free and in, in, in run with it. So we're trying to build a foundation where, you know, the girls that are playing now have a place to play in, in five and ten years.
0: So, how many years is the contract through?
2: We, our, our deal. We have, we had a five-year deal. So we had uh, 17, 18, 19 is next year, 2021. 20, so after 21, we need to re-up.
0: Okay. So let me ask you this: How about if we were to partner with some kind of a corporation that? Um, you know, again, this is going to sound bad, but a menopause drug company, and they sponsor more than one event. The title so, sponsor of the tour.
2: I, I I tell you, we've I've been knocking on doors of every man. I'm I'm trying to beat down the door of the AARP right now as well. That'd be a great thing to do. And uh, I'm 51. <laughs> I know what menopause is
1: like.
2: Mm. It's right on the other of the <laughs> you know, it's, it's something. It's it's something that we have to do, and it's it's something that uh, is there. And we look at the baby boomers. You know, if you graduated high school in 1990, you're eligible to play on the Legends Tour. <laughs> Think about that. That's insanity. Yeah,
0: yeah that is. <laughs> so,
2: you know, wow. I mean, not, not, now now we're bringing in the MTV the MTV generation. So wow. it's not like oh my god you play golf in the 60s you play golf in the 70s it's like no I I played golf in the 80s I played golf in the 90s and now you're you know it's it's either we're getting older or the runway is getting shorter I'm not sure what to put, put it in there but uh, <laughs> I think the I, hit, I think, think Brendan I think the stuff.
1: Yeah I think it it might be a little bit of both Brendan let me just add something just to to the conversation here a little bit and I know we got to let you go but um, just something that you mentioned, you, you know, you talked about the golf channel and, and, and different things like that and, and sort of getting the word out there. Something that I've noticed here and, and you and I, we had the pleasure of having Marilyn Smith, of course, one of the founders of the LPJ on with us, uh, just a few uh, short months ago. And, you know, I'm sure if you pulled the average person out there, they probably wouldn't know who she is. And I think one of the things, and, and I understand this obviously from a media perspective that, they're going to focus on what's happening on the tours today. Um, but I think that one of the ways, you know, Cindy, you said about how can we really draw attention is I think that we need to get not so much necessarily the founders, but some of the legend, uh, you know, the, the senior LPJ women more in, in the media eye, if you will, on a national scale, because uh, something that, that was really kind of surprising to me, we, we've had the pleasure this year, uh, Brendan, Cindy, and I have of, uh, hosting some of the, the winners from the Symmetra Tour throughout the season. And I asked a, a question on one of the shows, you know, who was sort of your idol or sort of mentor growing up? And surprisingly enough, both the ladies that I asked said that, gave the same answer, and it was Tiger Woods. Um, they didn't even mention, you know, Annika or, you know, obviously Nancy Lopez. It, it was out of their generation. But, you know, Annika was a little bit more... Um, you know, in line with, with their age group, if you will, would, or certainly would be the closest to their age group. And I found that very surprising. And it just goes to show you that I think we need to get the ladies more in the limelight, not just at the tournaments, but in other um, opportunities as well, because I think the more exposure they get, then the more interest that's going to take place with the companies. And the fact that we're really focusing on the newer, younger generations on tours predominantly on media um is not giving that or creating that opportunity. What do you think about that?
2: Well I think if you had more interaction from some of the past superstars you mentioned Annika, if she would play, I think she could definitely make move the move the needle. You know? Um yeah. I think that if you look at I, I, Tom, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Um if you if you look at, you know, the 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 sins of the father with the LPGA, and and the the pension plan that Cindy and her peers had don't have access to. Um, yeah, you know, to 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 go out and have to, you know, I I know Cindy loves to teach, but to go out and make a career, you know, you look at, 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 at Gallagher Smith, she's a school teacher. You look at Elaine Crosby, she's a school teacher. You know, and try to lift off a, a tour that to make a senior LPGA women, you know, want to make a career out of it, you know, you can't do it making fifteen hundred bucks a week or a month or whatever it may be. Um, you, you need right. to have a career base. You need to have, you know, what's it going to take? Yeah, you know, and you, you're looking at, you're looking at Julie Ingster, you're looking at Laura Davies, you're looking at Trish Johnson, you're looking at uh, a handful of other ladies that that are making, you know, made made millions of dollars in a career. And then you look at the ladies that played in the 70s and, and the in the 80s, early 80s, that you know, with the purses were smaller. You know, maybe they made a couple hundred thousand yeah. dollars in winnings, in earnings, and all that. All that's gone. You know, I mean, I don't know what the solution is. I, we're trying. To, we're trying to come up with a couple different options where we can make this tour successful, lift it off the ground, and uh, and give these ladies a home and, and the ladies golf of uh, the of the ladies from yesteryear. You know, it, it's it's it's. Yeah, it really is a cool thing, and and uh, I I wish that the people out there would would just give more support. And if you know any sponsors out there, would be more than happy to help mm-hmm. help out with with whatever it may be to to lift it off the ground, and and maybe finding yeah. a menopause drug, maybe finding the you know an eyeglass company, maybe finding a you know a, a vitamin company, a, a vacation club. Uh, there's a lot of different options out there, but. You know, it takes many hands to, to lift up a heavy load, and, and uh, we're looking for some hands out there to help us as well.
1: Well, we're certainly going to do everything that we can on our end, Cindy and I, to, to keep you know promoting uh, you know particularly women's golf, and and obviously giving uh, respect and, and homage to the the founders and and many of the the leaders in women's golf today that still are out there, like the Cindy Millers and. And um, you know the Annika Sorensums and that, and we certainly are, are very, you know, blessed to have them in, in the golf community. Um, well, Brendan, we gotta we gotta let you go,
2: unfortunately.
1: <laughs> Just one more thing. Sorry, go ahead. With, with, sure. With, with the people in the
2: media, with with the people in the media. I, I mean, my my job is I'm, I'm a director of media, you know, golf media relations for the French Lick Resort. So I deal with the media people all the time. Um, we need to make this championship, all these championships. Majors. They're they're majors. You have a senior women's U.S. Open, which is a major. You have the senior LPGA Championship, which is a major recognized by the LPGA and the USGA. Special exemptions after that. Um, Laura Davies didn't get a Rolex for winning the senior LPGA Championship. Um, she didn't get any special exemptions. She didn't get any points to 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 go. You know, to get into the Hall of Fame. Maybe throw her half a point. Throw a quarter point. Whatever. Give her something. You know, Trish Johnson got a yeah. slap on the back. Hey, great, hey, um, Julie Inkson. You know, I mean, all these people, all these ladies, you, you talk about we want to make this a major. Oh, great, it's a major. Well, what are you going to do about it? Give them some reward. Give the recognitions we're yeah. due. And, and shame on some of the media. Broad, I'm not going to point out the magazines that won't even cover the damn thing. And we're yeah. beating the phones, beating the phones every day when we're up there. And we get a blog in their in their fricking in their uh, in their on their website. Yeah. You know what? In their, year, in their 2018 year in review, put the damn ladies on the front
1: cover. Period. Thank yep. you. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well said, Brendan. What a great way to end that segment. Brendan, just very quickly, hey, for those that hey, are interested, maybe hey, coming coming to. Sorry. Go ahead. Hey,
2: when this is over, I'll send you my resume, okay? <laughs> no, no.
1: Um, very quickly, uh, Brennan, just let the folks know if they want to go and learn more about French Lick, maybe uh, thinking about planning a trip, where can they go to learn more about it?
2: Uh, FrenchLick.com. We've got great packages that start, you know, uh, starting now in January. We have a wonderful uh, Christmas celebration going on all the way through the spring and all through next summer. It's a great place to be. If you're going to the Kentucky Derby, we're about an hour away. And uh, we're getting ready. We're, we're starting another uh, renovation to the property. we got another uh, $17 million renovation or uh, new expansion going in, so we're adding another 60 rooms to the hotel. So we're, we're doing well, and we look forward to seeing you guys coming down. And, Cindy, I'm so proud to be even associated with you guys. And uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to promote your brand.
0: Thank you. We really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you, Brendan, thank very you. much for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf Show. And, and uh, maybe Cindy and I will, uh, will uh, partner together and, and come and do a show at French Lick uh, maybe in the new year and, and help uh, foster some of that, uh, the discussion that we've had here uh, this morning. But we appreciate you coming on and, and joining us this morning here uh, on the Women of Golf Show. Thanks for your time, Brendan.
2: Cheers. Have a great holiday. Thank you for your time. You too. Bye-bye. You honey.
1: too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Brennan Sweeney, uh, the director of golf media relations and and player development uh, up at uh, French Lick Resort in Indiana. Uh, Obviously very passionate about uh, getting things happening for uh, the women on uh, the senior LPGA tour particularly, but uh, obviously women in general, and they're going to certainly do their part. And and, uh, I think Cindy, we've got to certainly continue to do our part as well. Um, I know we've got a, pressed a little bit for time. We, we let the segment go a little bit longer, but uh, not a problem. It was a great discussion. Um, Cindy, two weeks ago, we were gonna uh, when we were back on air, we were going to talk about some golf tips, and I'm just going to throw a few out here. We'll have a brief discussion, and then I know we've got to wrap it up uh, and, uh, and, and continue on. We've got just two more shows left for the season. December 4th, we're going to be joined by Mark Codwell, uh PGA professional from San Antonio, Texas, and then on December 11th, which will be our final show, uh, Jim Hardy is going to be coming back from U.S. Kids Golf, and we'll wrap it up uh, for the season and then we'll be back out in the new year. We'll give you the date at that time. Um, but Cindy, uh, some golf tips. These are just questions that I've uh, been asked and maybe some you've been asked uh, over uh, your career. And I just thought we'd just have a, a brief discussion on a couple of them here since we don't have a lot of time left. Um, and, and here's one of the questions uh, that I've often been faced with. And 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 I want to get your thoughts on this. Is going for the pin every time a smart play or should I lay up sometimes? How do you decide that? So somebody's asked the question, you know, do I go for it every time? Uh should I be laying up and and if so, how do I know when is the right time to do either one?
0: Well, the answer is no. Don't go for the ten all the time unless you want to shoot a thousand. <laughs> uh, don't, I'm sure you agree with that. Yes. <laughs> So what right. you have to do is you have to figure out, you know, what is your level of ability or what's your skill level? And you have to really figure out what your options are. You know, how far is it to carry the bunker? If there's a bunker that's right in front of the pen, how much green is there between the bunker and the pen? How much green is after the pen? All that stuff Um you know, all those things have to be into iteration before you make your choice of, number one, what club are you going to use? Where are you going to aim this? What's your smartest play? So I guess, you know, if you were out there trying to shoot 68, sometimes you do need to go for the pin. But other times, yeah. it's really a silly mistake, and it may cause you doubles and triples. Give me your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make, um, obviously, if you're playing a course that you you don't play all the time, if it's not your your, uh, normal club uh, course that you play, and you're playing it particularly for the first time, unless you've got a situation where, you know, all green lights are are go – You really need to play smart, and as Cindy just pointed out, you want to look at the lay of the land. You want to see what obstacles are in your way, such as bunkers. Is there water maybe crossing over uh, or around the green? Um, And you want to look at where the pin's located. If the pin's in the back of the green, uh, maybe back right, and you're a fader of the ball, um, you don't necessarily want to go for the pin, but you want to get somewhere that's going to give you the best opportunity. Um, Worst case, Nero, come out with a two-putt um you know if you start getting uh too aggressive at the pin what ultimately ends up happening Sineen you know this yourself when you play sometimes a little bit more aggressively you go for the pin it's maybe not in the best spot and next thing you know you're over the green you got to come back and now you're facing you know the possibility of, of launching it into a bunker or you've got water hazards around that you might uh plunk it in so a lot of factors uh have to be considered there. Um, is there? an optimal time to go for the green again, once you've assessed and based on your level of play um, again, if you're a good ball striker and you're pretty consistent, uh, you can be a little bit more aggressive. If you're hitting it left, right up, down, you know, backwards and sideways 90% of the time, don't even think about it. And I think that's how you have to approach it is you have to really look at the lay of the land. And Brennan really raised a very interesting point when he was talking about playing at French lick. And that is, you have to play more target golf uh, as opposed to just you know, swinging for the hills. And I think that's what you have to do is you have to play to your game, you have to understand your game, and you have to pick the target and then commit to it. And if you're always trying to go for it, go for it. As you said, Cindy, you're going to be shooting in the thousands and you're never going to improve. Um, that's my thought on, on uh, that particular question, and I think we, we pretty much agree with that. Here's another one, Cindy, that I want to ask that a lot of people – you and I might understand this a little bit more, but people don't get this. And that is how hard do I swing the club? So when I'm addressing the ball and I'm, it doesn't matter what club I'm hitting, how hard do I swing it? What what sort of the, the rule of thumb is there, uh, you know, do I just swing until I fall out of my boots, sort of speak, or <laughs> is there a, a rationale, if you will, uh, to swinging the club? What, what are your thoughts there? And then I'll give you mine.
0: Well, again, you know, what's your mission? Do you, are you trying to kill it? Because if you do try to kill it, you're going to fall over and kill yourself. Um, but if you've ever played an, an instrument or you sang in a choir or you rock out to the radio while you're driving, tempo, timing, and rhythm are very, very important in the golf swing. So I tell my students it's like one and two and, and the and is the top of the backswing. One and, two is hit, and and is follow through. So one and, two and. You need to swing in rhythm. Now, everyone's Mm -hmm. rhythm and pace will be different depending on their behavior style. So I'm a high D behavior style, and I'm very driven and a control freak. I'm more like Tiger Woods. I'm going to swing faster, so my... Overall pace is going to be faster, but my timing needs to be correct within the pace of that swing, if that makes sense. My husband, Alan, is like Ernie Alles or Jason Duffner. He does everything slower. So I I would say he has a syrupy, smooth swing, but he has club head speed. So Alan will tell students, swing your arms slow, but the club face fast. So allow the wrist to go so that you have some clubhead speed. Oh, you don't. I don't say hard. I say slow arms, fast hands.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And and I think what I try to do with players, especially beginning players that really don't understand yet, how, you know how hard because they get up there and they just like I said, swing for the hills and they're falling all over the place. The rule of thumb or the the, the means test, if you will, that I apply is. If you can swing within balance and maintain your balance, then you're okay. If you start falling back or falling forward or or tilting one way or the other uh, in your swing, then you're probably swinging harder than you should. So what I like to do with, with newer players is I like them to start out real, real slow and then gradually build up, again, keeping in rhythm as you suggested, but gradually build up until they get to a comfortable point where they're no longer uh, or they're able to maintain their balance. Once they start losing their balance, then more than likely they're swinging faster than their body will allow them to. And again, because we are all different, as you point out, Cindy, you've got a little bit faster cadence, so you can swing a little bit faster and still maintain your balance. If Alan was to try that based on his cadence or his rhythm, then he would probably fall all over the place uh, and not uh, certainly be able to do it in a comfortable fashion. So, my rule of thumb, Cindy, is this, is I suggest that you swing and within balance. And as long as you're able to maintain that balance, then you can swing a little bit faster. Once you start to lose that balance, then you need to slow it down a little bit. And that's generally the rule of thumb uh, that I uh, go by. Um, one more question here, and then, then Cindy will wrap up. Uh, another one, too, that uh, a lot of people ask you know, and this goes to the setup of the golf swing. And I know there's people can argue either way, um, but people, we see this all the time that they get lined up their feet, their hips and everything. But for some reason, their shoulders are either well open or even closed to their intended target line. So the question that was posed to me was, does shoulder alignment affect my golf shot? And if so, how? And in conjunction to that, is shoulder alignment important? Does it really matter? What are your thoughts there?
0: Say that again.
1: Okay. Does the shoulder alignment, so in other words, if I'm aligned everything uh, parallel to my target, but my shoulders are maybe closed to the target, uh, my target line with the rest of my body, or open, is that going to affect my shot? Uh, And if so, how? Or does it matter where my shoulders align, as long as my feet and my hips and...
0: So I would say that you definitely want to aim your shoulders parallel to the left of the target. Right. You don't want your shoulders pointing at the target. And then what I would exactly. say to you, is if your shoulders are real open and you swing on your shoulder line, you're probably going to yank it, you know? Yep. So I, again, that's a little too much thinking for me. I wouldn't try I would never try to aim I would never try to aim my shoulders at the target because you're going to be parallel to the right. So always aim the face right. at the target and let your shoulders be wherever and you want to be able to swing the club head down the target line. And if you're able to do that, then you just should hit it dead straight.
1: Right. Well, and and I agree with that. I think one of the things that people have to understand um there is a little room. And when I say a little room of flexibility with your shoulders, they can be very slightly closed um, or even very slightly opened. One of the dangers that a lot of golfers, and I'm going to start with the closed one very quickly here first. If your shoulders are quite closed to your intended target, and that doesn't mean that you want them parallel uh, or you want them right on your target line, as you suggested, you need to be left of that target for right-handed golfers and the opposite, obviously for left-handed golfers. One of the problems that I see uh cindy is if if i'm standing and everything else is aligned parallel left of my target but my shoulders are quite closed what ultimately happens is on the backswing people snatch that club inside and in order not to lose balance in order to get back on target they throw their shoulders uh their right shoulder over and we get that over the top move and then they cut across the ball and depending on where or how their club face is aligned at impact is going to obviously dictate where the shot is going to go So, what ultimately happens is if your shoulders are too far open or closed based on where you should be aiming them, ultimately what's going to happen is it's going to affect how you swing the club. So, you've got to be careful what. So, the answer ultimately is yes, it does matter, um, but there is a slight room for flexibility. Again, as you suggested, you know, if they're slightly open, that's okay, or even if they're slightly closed a little bit, that's okay too. But when you start getting uh, where, you know, there are 25, 30 degrees closed or open uh, in opposite to your um, the rest of your body's alignment, you're going to run into some problems there. So those are some things I think uh, personally, uh, do you agree with that or, or disagree or, or want to modify that totally in any way?
0: Agree. Totally agree.
1: Okay, perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about more of these. Uh, there's some other tips that we'll get into the next time. Uh, We've got a couple shows I mentioned very quickly and then I know we've we've got to end up, Uh, as I said, December 4th, Mark Caldwell uh, from San Antonio, uh, PJ Professional is going to be joining us and on December 11th is going to be our last show of the 2018 season. Jim Hardy from U.S. Kids Golf is going to be joining Cindy and I and we'll throw some of these questions, some other questions here uh, on those shows as well uh, as we wind up the season and on uh, the 11th we'll announce the date that we'll be uh, coming back on air in 2019 um, it's uh, probably going to be after a few weeks, uh, give us a break for, for Christmas and, and get things, uh, lined up again for, for next season. But, um, on that note, we want to thank again, our very special guest this morning, Brendan Sweeney, uh, as well for, for joining us from French Lick. Uh, doing a great job up there. And we want to thank all of you for faithfully tuning in each and every week here on the Women of Golf Show. Again, we'll be back here for a couple more weeks, and then we'll be taking a short break for the holidays. Um, Visit the Facebook page, uh, Women of Golf. Check it out. Make sure you like the page where you're there. And any questions or comments, by all means, feel free to post on there. On behalf of Cindy Miller and I, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf Show. God bless. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week on the Women of Golf. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks,
0: Ted. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.